for all of us. And, and did you find that there was some level of pressure in the family to listen so that you're not missing out on the conversation at dinner? Because I imagine it would come up sometimes, some of the topical issues would come up. Yes, um, there, there had always been that pressure, especially the, the shows that my father did, the jazz as well, because he believed he is training us, training our ears, you know, to listen to good music. So whenever he's interviewing someone big or, you know, um, when he's uh, recorded, because they were pre-recording the programs then, when he's recorded a program with, you know, special type of music, you say, you can't miss this one. You have to listen to this kind of music. I'm training your, your intelligent ears, he used to call it, <laughs> that intelligent intelligent ears can't just listen to anything this is a kind of music you need to be listening to so so yeah that was that was my experience and wow. you know i remember that fondly now it used to be an irritation then <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely beautiful coming from a family of radio purists then Spalele, let me come to you and perhaps give you a chance to also share okay good Thank you. Uh, good morning and good and good morning to the viewers as well. I think similar experiences. There was um, a drama, drama and uh, and ukbulisa. Um, uh, I don't know in English. I work for African language stations. So drama. There was a drama called Utusile. Uh, it was about a terrorist. And the first time I heard, there was uh, um, altercation between Utusile and soldiers. And I said, old drama. Just forget the name. And they were shooting Utusile. And the guy was saying Utusile, Nyaznamasa, Utusile. I don't know how to translate. <laughs> that in English. That's my first memory. And of course, the second one was when um, yeah, <laughs> was when um, I had to call the radio station, greet my mom, Bulusu Mama, Bulusu You've Tata. got to do a shout-out on I the radio. I did a shout-out. I, shout I was in primary school. <laughs> That's absolutely fantastic. Um, let me give you a chance then, Johan, to also share your experience. Thank you very much, Cathy, and a warm radio welcome to all the listeners out there. My earliest memories came from about the age of 11 when the old um, LM radio um, branched off and we, they created Radio 5, one of our sister stations here at the SABC. A very fond memories of the music being played on uh, the old Radio 5 back in the days and also the DJs, the personalities. I mean, that was really the key hook for us as youngsters was um, radio being your source of the latest music. At that point, you didn't have all the radios, uh, all the CD shops and music shops. And we physically took old tape recorders um, with those reel-to-reel -reel tapes. And you sat in front of the radio to record those. So it was actually pirating music at a very young age. But we will not disclose that. So yeah, I think growing up with radio, also calling in, w winning two competitions back in the days, many nights uh, when I couldn't sleep, insomnia, when I was studying, listening to radio. It's always been my friend and companion. Johan, I can remember some elder cousins, brothers and sisters who would play back the tape recorder and write down the lyrics of the song. Were you one of those people as well? <laughs> no, not, not the lyrics. <laughs> not the lyrics. <laughs> you weren't that committed no, to no. the cause. I'm, I'm a terrible singer in the shower, so <laughs> I, I stood away from the lyrics. <laughs> and that's the thing about radio, is that it helps people across different ages, across different races and demographics really connect because it is, it, it's, it, it's a platform that allows people to find the things that they have in common and not so much the things that separate them. What makes radio today special and relevant 
assuming that it still is. Well, the numbers tell us that radio is still very much a loved v medium. Why has it been able to have the staying capacity? Oh, wow, what a fantastic question. Um, again, if we take the COVID pandemic, when we went into lockdown um, in early 2020, I think there was such a lot of uncertainty about the pandemic. Nobody knew what this virus was all about. Overnight, we had to ready all our studios. Uh, we had the first cases of COVID, and we had to look at alternatives. First of all, to safeguard our people, but also to keep the product on air. And overnight, we put uh, systems and procedures in place, and we got people to, um, or our people to actually broadcast from, from home. And again, we cover all, um, all races in the country, all language groups, and um, through our content, we were able to educate and, and, and inform people. Uh, we delivered millions and millions of minutes of content relevant to the pandemic. So we guided uh, our listeners and became the trusted medium. There was such a lot of fake news on social media, mm -hmm. but radio was your first choice for relevant and trustworthy uh, information. And again, expertly delivered by our on-air teams in the uh, relevant languages of our uh, beautiful nation. Mm -hmm. Nada, I want to bring you in here because even when it came to a government communication perspective where COVID-19 is concerned, often it was radio that was identified to be the, disse the disseminator of not just information but multiple awareness campaigns. And when we see that happening, it takes us to the debate of traditional media yeah. and the extent to which traditional media sources are becoming absolute. I'll say that in, in converted commerce because you have new media, digital space that's disrupting everything. But COVID has taught us that it's not really the way that it has been predicted. Mm -hmm. It's, it's um, you know, it's as, as Johan was saying, because radio is a trusted uh, medium, um, people feel i mean you still have people that say i if if i haven't heard it on the radio then it's not true people felt that these are people with faces, real-life people that they can trust because radio, remember, is personality-driven. So people build a relationship with Kathy. They build a relationship with Tuso. So if Tuso um, is not giving them information, then you know they don't really trust that information. So they have to go back to their to their radio people and um, you know and test that information. So that's why we were able to step in and demystify you know the COVID pandemic. And, and the flexibility and agility of radio as well is something that is working to our advantage because we were able to, to move programming and focus on, on COVID and getting people assisted. We were able to move programming and get the president to address the nation. We're able to take all those uh, various updates from, from the um, from the committee that was working with the with the president so the flexibility um of radio it it makes it very easy for us to deliver information immediately as the audiences out there you know um, are demanding um and just the relationship that we build with our audiences um is is something that has ensured that ensured that radio grows during the period as we have seen with the new statistics before we go back to spelele i want you just to talk about this change of programming because perhaps over the last two years more than ever before we have seen the ability to take 
press conferences live. Not that that capability was not there before, but the sheer interest in what has been happening in the country has literally meant that you suspend normal programming to bring a minister's address, to bring the president's address, which perhaps would not necessarily have been the case before. Do you think that the public interest imperative has changed somewhat over the last two years because uh, people also seem to be a lot more interested yes. in the nitty-gritty of details exactly. that is happening in governance, that is happening around them, that informs and directs their daily lives. Uh, that's exactly what was driving us to do, you know, the kind of things we were doing. Um, it's it's that public demand. It's the it's the, the public need. I mean, we do what we do for the public. We don't do it for ourselves. So people were more interested in in hearing what the government is doing, you know, about this crisis. They were more interested in listening to the uh, presidential addresses, and we we delivered that. And that's the good thing about radio is that you can change programming, you know, at the spare of the moment. Unlike television where, you know, uh, advertising for instance is booked months in advance and you can't go back to client and say sorry, I can't play your ad. But with radio, we're able to move things around as and when the demand arises. And so, so we were um, interacting with our audiences on social media platforms and various other platforms just to get to understand what it is that is bothering people and where can we step in and we were also quite fortunate you know to have the kind of partners and stakeholders that came to work with us because the information as well i mean we're not health experts it had to come from the experts and um, and and a lot of people came in to assist us uh, Spalele, let me come back to, to you here and perhaps talk about this issue again of the public imperative and whether or not you feel that that has shifted in, in any way. So one thing that you'll hear sometimes from listeners is our issues are not represented on this platform or on media platforms. And there very much seems to be a need of greater engagement on a plethora of issues across the board because sometimes it's easy for SFM to cover something as a national broadcaster and this issue becomes a mainstream topic or debate. Mm -hmm. But there are many people who feel that their issues are not being mainstreamed. Um, thank you for that question. It's actually, um, I think what you're just asking, it's, 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 it's in the middle of what we are doing in terms of the technical side of the radio side of things. You look at now what has happened, whereby you, you call in for SMSs, you call in for call-ins, you call in for, for actually public feedback, public feedback when the station management of the team would go and hear from the listeners, what are you saying? What are you doing? What is going on? Are we doing this right? Are you happy with that? I think in, in that sense, I think that is in the middle of what our public broadcasting is about. So when you say you are informing and educating educating who are you informing and educating if you're not going to be able to listen to those um, uh, consumers one of the things that we're going to be busy with it's our uh, research we want to spend a lot of time when we go out and actually do research get feedback from the from from the audiences and say are we doing are we doing radio right are you happy with what we're delivering so um that, uh, that is, is is a is a is a, is a very good point that is actually dri driving our strategy mm -hmm. And when it comes to research around radio, 
there are questions that are raised often around the release of the radio numbers about mm. the credibility of research. What actually goes into this research? You know, mm. are you trying to track down Uncle JJ, who's mm. on the road between Namibia, South Africa, yeah. and the other side of countries to say, Uncle JJ, who do you listen yeah. to? Yeah. Uh, how do you actually go yeah. about conducting that research? I, I'll touch on it a bit and then just call in uh, Chief JVR, I call him Johan, who's really looking after that. I mean, there is uh, very independent studies that happen. We cannot do our own research and come back and say, hey, oh, by the way, congratulations, SFM is the number one talk radio station in South Africa. <laughs> so, so that is all independent from the PRC. So they do what they call computer-aided uh, telephone interviews whereby they've got a sample size, they do it very independent, so it's not the SAPC that says, hey, listen, we've got so many listeners. So it's very, um, quite uplifting when you get those numbers. However, a person who can speak uh, uh, more deeply into that is my fellow panelist. Uh, no problem. <laughs> and just as we allow the mic to get to your hand, we're commemorating World Radio Day. And of course, uh, today is one of those days. The, the, the day actually happened uh, yesterday. The 13th of February was World Radio Day. We're commemorating it a day after. And it's been over a century of the existence of radio. And uh, despite what some of the predictions may have been over the years, the reality is that even with the interview, introduction of new technologies, of new media, radio does not look to be going anywhere anytime soon. And one of the issues that we'll explore as we continue this conversation is around what we're seeing develop, particularly in the technology space, and is this advancing radio. So does the fact that there are so many different platforms on which one can actually access radio today mean that you have more people listening to radio than ever before. What about the competition? There's so many people that are interested in niche content, such as through your podcast. How does radio ensure that it maintains its space in the market, particularly with audiences? So that's where uh, we'll continue the conversation with my guests. As always, I uh, will be taking your calls soon on 011-714-2006. And perhaps this can be your chance to tell us as well, what do you think we could be getting right? What do you think we could be doing different or be doing better? On the WhatsApp line, it's 614 we're going to take you to the latest news headlines with Anne Musa and we continue our conversation after this. Thanks, Cathy. Good morning. In the headlines, police in the Northern Cape say investigations are underway after a fuel tanker caught fire on the N1 outside Colesburg last night. Gauteng Education MEC Panazali Sufi has met with the leadership and learners of World School Jan Yun in Ranfontein, west of Johannesburg, to determine the cause of last Friday's alleged racially motivated incident. And today's proceedings of the Life Esedimene inquest into the deaths of 144 mentally ill patients have been adjourned to tomorrow morning. I'll have details on these and other stories at 12. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Okay, that's it. If it's sight, 
splitting laughter you're looking for, catch Despicable Me 1, 2 and 3 and many more. For your dose of weekly amusement, tune in to our Saturday movies at 4pm on SABC2. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. We continue the conversation on the talking point. We're commemorating World Radio Day. And like I was saying uh, before we went to the news headlines, literally over a century that this medium has come into existence. And one of the themes for this year that is being uh, highlighted, particularly through UNESCO, is trust in radio. So how do we ensure trust in radio? And there are various themes under which the topic is being looked at. Joining me today, I wanted to say joining me in studio, it's our outside studio really. We're downstairs at the reception of uh, Radio Park here in Auckland Park and I'm joined by Johan van Royen who is the acting head of PCS and Fortune Combo, as Pele Lositraso, who is the head of PBS Radio, and Nada Wachela, who is the group executive for radio here at the SABC. So, Johan, we're talking about the issue of credibility, particularly around research and how that research is done, because it's also important to listeners uh, to hear who are the trusted radio stations and to get a sense of maybe why it is um, listeners across the board choose some some radio stations over others. Absolutely. Um, research is a critical component of our business. Uh, we rely on the insights from the research to be able to plan the product because we are speaking directly to the listeners of these various platforms. Um, Pre-COVID, we made use of uh, face-to-face interviews. And unfortunately, with COVID, this was no longer the case and they had to um, recalibrate. So the Broadcast Research Council, or BRC, is an industry body that represents um, all different media types in South Africa. Now, they had to then change the methodology. So it was looking at new samples based on changed demographics in the country, and they had to change from face-to-face, uh, face-to-face interviews to uh, computer-aided telephone or CATI interviews. So overnight, we had to rethink how we position research because again um, research also allows that trust factor because if you can trust the numbers you can trust uh, that the station is actually delivering on on the goods so basically um, people are sourced um, via a um, random probability sample um, from specific demographics in the country representing each of the radio station brands Um, A number of demographic and psychographic information or questions are being asked and then they actually track radio listenership. We are also looking at a media panel at the moment, uh, independent media uh, cell panel that will augment the the CATI interviews. So it will be devices, smart devices and handheld devices that allow for passive listening. So we will have much more robust data um, on our hands to be able to, to, to plan. And I must say, um, we were really surprised when the first set of results were released. Um, our portfolio really showed fantastic uh, delivery across the fold. So I think radio is in an absolute fantastic space. And just briefly touching on podcasting, um, also one of the success stories um, of the SABC. We've been doing this um, across all the radio stations over the last um, eight years and consistently uh, delivering double-digit growth rates um, for the portfolio. So audiences want to be able to go back to content, to to go and re-listen. 
And uh, podcasting is basically the PVR. What PVR is for television, it has become for radio. So it allows audiences to, to go back and to um, engage with content in a different way um, when they are at home, more relaxed. So um, the future is bright. I think also the relationship between radio and digital is extremely strong. It's probably one of the two media types with the best bond that you can get. I want to welcome onto the platform Professor Anton Harbour, who is a Cax the Caxton Professor of Journalism at Wits University. Uh, Professor Harbour, good morning to you. And thank you, thank for, you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to have you on. Just on the subject of um, celebrating World Radio, th Ra Ra World Radio Day, when we look at the themes that have been identified by UNESCO, trust is really such a big element um, that they're looking at this year. How big do you think the issue of trust is um, when it comes to radio? And how has that been strengthened or maybe weakened uh, over the last two years where we know information has been critical to audiences? Look, look trust is a, is problem, a problem in all, all media, media, particularly news media, media, globally, all kinds of media. There's no question that we have a decrease in levels of trust of all authorities, but that includes um, the media, uh, because of the rise of disinformation and fake news. I would argue that, in general, radio is better off than most media um, because of the nature of radio, with a lot of it is the nature of radio, but it's not without its controversies, particularly in podcasting. You will have seen that there's been a recent outcry about podcasting in America in particular, but it's, 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 podcasting is, is, is global in nature, um, in which um, disinformation about COVID, misleading information about dealing with COVID, is often perpetuated in, in, in podcasts as opposed to radio stations. And that has brought um, some real headaches um, about how that should be managed and dealt with. I'm thinking in particular of the Joe Rogan podcast, um, where um, Spotify carried his podcasts where he perpetuated some terrible and damaging and dangerous myths about COVID. Um, and um, other, uh, since podcast is a music platform, other musicians withdrew from Spotify because they were so horrified that they should be allowing such things to go forward. So these are complicated but important issues um, that in, in podcasting at least um, provide severe challenges around issues of trust and reliability, information and disinformation. Ultimately, what it speaks to Professor Harper is the checks and balances that are in place for any institution. And yes, radio is very much about freedom of speech, but one still has a certain code to subscribe to. There's still rules that one has to play a, a, and abide by, whereas podcasting seems to, you know, push the, the boundaries uh, to whichever way that the person in charge of the show feels they can. You know, you know the, in radio, the stations, the platforms, 
um, exercise a responsibility which is often regulated um, by the government or, or um, self-regulated that create rules, for example, around disinformation and around handing things like um, health information and COVID information. Podcasting has no such regulatory or self-regulatory control. The platforms we know are very big, very powerful, very global, and uh, very often do not want the responsibility of dealing with um, issues around content. They want to argue, and I think this is a real problem that we need to understand, they want to argue that they're just platforms. They're not publishers or broadcasters who take responsibility for the content. They're like telephone companies that just provide a platform um, for people to say whatever they like. And in a way, that's fantastic for freedom of expression, but it's clearly dangerous when it passes, uh, when it allows for uh, malign disinformation. So we need to be thinking about establishing a way of managing that problem um, in podcasting. Uh, when it comes to the responsibilities, again, that a certain that radio stations generally will have to bear about the content that is on their platforms, and we talk about the increasing competition because it's not unusual to hear people saying, "Well, podcasting is much better than radio. Radio is dying because uh, you know people are not dynamic enough. They're not keeping up with new technologies." Something, this issue that Professor Harbour raises is such a critical one. What role do you think that plays in drawing audiences back to radio platforms? Well, I think there's no doubt that people um, will gradually shift to um, platforms that they feel they can trust. Um, um, but I mean, I think we're all concerned that Joe Rogan, for example, he's the biggest podcaster in the world. He has an average of 11 million downloads for each of his podcasts. So it's much, you know, it, it competes with any radio station around the world in terms of size. Um, um, but I think we all know that radio is a medium that's very much um, in people's homes, in people's lives. It's a, people have a, have, have a more shall I say, intimate or close or warm relationship with their radio and radio stations than they do with a lot of other media. Um, and so trust is very important to that. Um, um, but I, I, you know, I don't think, I don't, you know, we will always have both radio and podcasting, but radio will increasingly be online um, and therefore not always subject to the kind of licensing and regulatory control um, that our conventional, our traditional radio has. Uh, Professor Harbour, let me bring you in here, Nada, on, on the same issue. Uh, and again, this is the space in which radio now is, is competing. That, that's, that's very much true, um, Cathy. Look, um, at the end of the day, how we engage our audiences, whether it's on our online platforms, whether it's podcasting, as the SABC, as SABC Radio, we still have to adhere to a particular um, a code and our own policies. I mean, just because you own your, um, your, your own podcast, of course, you know, in a... Um, a situation where, as Kathy, you've got your own podcast that, you know, uh, that is going on. 
outside there and is popular it's well and good that you extend your brand to that space we have also embraced technology as sabc radio and all the platforms that our audiences are interacting with but when it has that association with our radio brands it has to be credible um, and and trustworthy so those same rules would apply for podcasts that are generated by the specific radio stations um, but but we know that i mean there's a plethora of ways that our own personalities are engaging with their followers these days but um when people sign contracts they know the kind of behavior that is expected from them for instance um if if you go out and do the same thing <laughs> that a, a professor was talking about then we would have to have serious conversation because that is going to be a reflection you know of our brand but we we, we we have embraced, you know, um, all the developments and we are developing um, in that direction as, as SABC Radio. A lot of our radio stations are curating content that is specifically sitting on our online platforms, credible content and that listeners are engaging with because we understand that not everybody has the time to listen to the radio as a traditional medium, but we don't want to lose those audiences. I mean, if they are you know, going into the podcast space, they must still find SAFM, you know, they, they must be able to find the interviews that you have done. They must be able to find other information that SAFM is putting out there. Spanele, I want to come to this issue of technology and the disruptions, right? Mm. So you have a lot of talk these days about digital radio mm. and the move. So on the one hand, you have online radio stations, but then those are bro broadcasting FM, AM, and the move to digitize. What does that practically mean? And when we digitize radio, does it mean that where people would ordinarily find it, let's say on an FM frequency, that is now, it is now no longer going to be available there because it's moved somewhere on to, into the digital world? Mm. Um, that, that question, let's look at it in two ways. One, digital will bring good sound quality. That's the main thing that I am excited about in terms of digital. Now, you can't talk about digital without talking about social media. Um, podcasts, we spoke about websites and all of those. Currently, our radio stations, be it African language stations, uh, anyone, they are all on these social media spaces, Face, Twitter, Instabook, all of that. Um, so it's, it's quite a, a move that we're embracing as the, as the SABC to move towards that side, to grow, to move with the listeners and how to get. Now, if you go back long time ago with the radio, you would have that red thing when you twist it, it goes to, to the dial and everything like that. That now, today, if you look at it, your radio station's name is written, SAFM, Ukos, Lesid. That's what we're talking about in terms of this digital space of where we are going. Now, on top of that, we can even push it further to, to, to actually put the content that you want to put on the actual screen that you're looking at on the radio to say, this song is playing by this artist. Um, currently, there's a conversation about World Radio Day, so that even if maybe your volume by some chances it was down because you're driving, you can see, wow, I'm missing out on a beautiful conversation here. So that's the kind of uh, stuff that we're talking about in terms of digital movements for radio. Are there particular technological advancements that you think if radio is not intentional about embracing it could well be left behind. And what are some of those? Certainly. I mean, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking people are 
busy listening to radio. Then I'm told people are actually watching radio. So we talk about visual radio, for example. There's a system that we have invested in called DIRA. Um, that, that would ensure that, you know, if you want to see what's happening, if you want back, I mean, for 10 years back, even 15, there was uh, webcams. Now, when in, with, with the introduction of this new system called DIRA, you won't be seeing a small picture of this person. You'll see a high-definition picture. So, um, are there, would we be uh, technologies that we don't jump on and be left behind? I don't even want to think about them, because as radio, we want to jump on technologies and see how do we make it work for us. I mean, as they all say, radio is the chameleon of media. <laughs> Look, I don't know if people are going to be happy about webcasting every single show, you know? Well, one of the things about radio is that you can, you can come to work without combing your hair. And nobody will ever, nobody ever has to know. It's you and everybody else's secret behind the microphone. Johan, let me quickly come to you. Perhaps there's something you want to add before I go to the phone lines. Yes. Um, again, I think there are so many different technologies nowadays that can take radio to the next level. If I just take at um, or look at the, the live streaming of all our radio services globally, uh, a station like SAFM, you can consume it via uh, the internet um, in any country around the globe. So you are able to reach um, people who have left the country but still want to be in touch with uh, their native uh, language um, by making use of these technologies. To Sipilele's point, um, from a client branding point of view, when you conduct those interviews, you have so many different tools now to, to segment and dice and cut your uh, audio right there in studio. You have the visual effect. You can do branding in studio while the interview is taking place. So you, there's new sales and uh, or revenue opportunities, there's new opportunities to, to grow audiences in your social media space um, where you can actually bring on board um, live scrolls of social media comments and posts that they are making. So you bring those, uh, the, the audiences right back into the studio. Something else that we've been uh, participating in a trial with, um, the, the, with the regulator, ICASA, is um, D, uh, digital radio, uh, DAB. So it's the digital audio um, um, broadcasting. So that will basically break away all boundaries between radio stations. So no longer will um, a station, let's take Lotus FM, only be um, listened to in KZN or uh, Gauteng, but it will be available throughout the country. Because at the moment we make use of old FM transmitters and some radio stations have a limited footprint. But with digital advancements, you can open up um, geographical borders and you can bring on board more listeners. So the benefits are fantastic for radio. And, and part of why that opening up becomes important for readers that then is an even greater opportunity to grow the relationships with communities. Because again, when we look at radio, some of the research that is done shows the extent to which people who listen to radio want to have a sense of belonging. They want to trust that my issues are going to be reflected, that I'm part of this SAFM community. And how important is that mandate, Nada? The community mandate, the community imperative uh, when it comes to radio stations? Um, thanks for that question, Kathy. It's it's very very important. I mean, everybody wants to feel special and important. 
And that is why most of our radio stations would have satellite offices in various provinces. Arasghia, for instance, has uh, presenters that are based in Cape Town because we realize that the Western Cape is a stronghold of the station. They've got a lot of listeners who are in that part of the world. A station like Umshabo Enene that's based in Port Elizabeth would have um, a show that is coming from Johannesburg and a show that is coming from Cape Town to reflect the diversity, you know, um, of, of, of its audience and um, to represent the views because those listeners now are able to go and visit the station, see the presenters that are doing their the, the programs from Cape Town and be able, you know, when they've got a certain crisis in the community and, and talk to the station to see that it is being reflected. So it's quite important and this uh, era that we are moving to of um, DTT it, it means that we going to be in touch and and it also brings with it a fragmentation of our audiences we'll be able to launch platforms where we deal let's say maybe with with health matters because people you know nowadays would uh, can only listen to a health program let's say on Lisedi FM on a Thursday where when a particular expert comes on board but um, if we have our own health programs you know a broadcast on a specific platform then we're able to extend that service as a public broadcaster you know to the broader communities i want to take some calls scully you've been lucky because we've got four minutes left of this conversation i don't know where the hour has gone uh, but you seem to have been first up on the line scully good morning you have on 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 the radio today uh, radio will never die off. Radio is very, very, very old, and 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 it's very informative. It's 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 so entertaining, man. You know everything. And and for me, USAFM, man, I can't. I I I, I uh, with 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 all of you guys there. You know, radio like 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 you say, we want to be have a belonging, and and and. I, it, it, it's so informative. It's the best thing in, 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 you know, information technology. We, at, a long time ago, we used to have the LM Hit Parade, if some old listeners will know. Um, LM Hit Parade used to come from Lorenzo Marx and all that. And, 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 and your talk shows and also your debates are very, very, very interesting and informative. Thank you for being there. And please don't let radio die off. And Scully, tell me, how do you listen to 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 the radio? I listen via via radio. Listen via radio. So so you, you still have a radio that that you got. Uh, how old is that radio, Scully? Uh, uh, hey, I had had quite a few radios, you know, in 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 the past. Now my 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 son just gave me a present. It's a it's a it's a built-in radio with the Bluetooth uh, speakers, and uh, that's what I'm carrying on with. And sometimes I go on my phone um, to listen to radio at home, like in the house. It's uh, too congested for me, so I I, I move with my portable. Fantastic. And, and Skull is really a, a perfect explanation of how people are changing in terms of how they consume radio. The Bluetooth speakers, since they've had the enablement of radio technology, have also contributed significantly to that shift. I also want to take a couple of WhatsApp voice notes and uh, maybe give my guests 30 seconds each uh, to wrap up before we've got to go.
Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, listeners. Have a blessed um, Valentine's Day. Kathy, the issue is not necessarily creating jobs. There is existing vacancies which never get filled, especially in local... Hi, this is Daniel Joshua Challen talking about the radio. I am grateful for the radio. I've been listening to the radio from a little child and uh, it's been there. It created you, give you a better sense of imagination because on TV you see everything. On radio we used to build a strong mind and we used to try and imagine the scenes as we listen to drama and so forth. And uh, I personally want to thank God for the radio and all the presenters and all that work in the different radio stations. So without you, I would have not been what I am today because being visually impaired and can't read and can't watch TV, radio is a means that gives me in line with what's going on in the world, with the news, with the music, with the different programs, then I can actually get onto the WhatsApp and WhatsApp messages and be part of the programs of the radio. I, I, I speak on behalf of all visually impaired and blind people. We are grateful for the lady radio and may God bless all the staff that's in the radio stations. God bless you. Take care. Uh, thank you so much for that message. A beautiful way to end off our conversation. I'm going to give it back to our guests. I just say we're pressed for time, so 30 seconds to each of you uh, to get your concluding remarks. And also just in those concluding remarks, is radio an old people's medium? <laughs> Johan? Absolutely. Theater of the mind, um, your best companion. Radio is, has never been in a better space than what it is currently at. Uh, we are really blessed to be working for this medium, where every day is um, it's a given that change, change and and uh, unexpected is the narrative that we work according to. But yes, radio will always be uh, man's best best friend. Um, maybe touching just on that question, Kathy, uh, uh, is it an old person's media? My eight-year-old has just discovered 5FM, and I asked her, why do you like 5FM so much? She said, they play all the songs I know. And I was like, yeah, we're doing something right. But that last caller really, really moved me. And, you know, it, it is such people that remind us why we do what we do. Um, yeah, that, is, that, that really is our job, to reach every person in the country and um, and ensure that they are enlightened somehow you know through what we do so yeah radio will never die thank, thank you very much um radio adapts radio will never die i think as my closing remark i'd just like to sit here and thank all their own air personalities that are working hard every day doing radio from all different brands the listeners that give us the insights that we need to do and of course the advertisers Thank you so much for that. Let me thank Spelele Sitkaso, Head of PBS Radio, Nadawo Chela, the Group Executive for Radio here at the SABC, and Johan van Rooyen, the Acting Head of PCS and Fortune Combo. And of course, you also heard there from Professor Anton Harbour, who is the Caxton Professor of Journalism at Wits University. So I can confirm radio is absolutely not dying because we'll be back with you again tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock right here on The Talking Point. It's time for me to hand you over to the update at noon with Sakina Kamwendo. Sakina, good afternoon.